Season 5, Episode 9 of the Decoded Podcast. I said it properly today. I, was very I, I have to check the screen. I have to check. The, yeah, S, S, uh, S5E9. You got it, bro. S5E9. It's Saturday. It is... Okay. This morning... <laughs> I'm glad I can make you laugh, Christopher. That's good. Yep. Um, I woke up kind of groggy, like getting out of bed or whatever, and... Uh, I grab my phone, which I know, like, the experts say, don't wake up and grab your phone first thing. I'm glad that works for them. I'm going to do what works for me. So mm-hmm. I pick up my phone, and uh, I saw some messages on Twitter, tweets, not messages, talking about how Advent starts tomorrow. Mm. Advent is the season of preparation for Jesus' birth for Christians. In case you didn't know, I, I didn't want to assume. But anyway, you've heard about, advent from me over the years because as a classroom teacher i would always jump into advent with my students and we would start talking about it start thinking about it we'd create a video that was that seems to be like the component um the creative fun innovative component that um, i would bring to the table with my students if they were interested and um it, it i so i see these tweets um i go straight to youtube to revisit the videos my students made around Advent. And dude, I have to tell you, I felt something. I felt like a moment of, oh, I I miss having my own classroom of students. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I put together a tweet about Advent, pushed it out, connected that video, because the video that was created in 2017 is is timeless. It's about Advent. It's about how to prepare. It's about what to avoid. It's that message isn't going to change. So it's like I I was so proud. This is hilarious. This is like 15 minutes before you and I come online. I'm sitting there feeling I miss my class, but I feel this pride in the what the students were able to do and create. Mm-hmm. I feel good about the start of Advent tomorrow for me and like what I believe and. Uh, yeah, all that wrapped up into creating this great, um, this great avenue to lead me here with you today, doing this podcast. That's how I started my morning, and I'm really, I'm really pumped because my day's only going to get better from here. So I can't wait. I, I, I'd have to go back to listen to the game tape way back, way back in the day when. Uh, I can remember us talking here in one of the seasons about um, my deep appreciation for how clearly education is connected with sort of, um, I mean, it's spiritual wellness, but it's the, it's the other part of education. It's the, it's the, it's the relationships. It's the, um, being a better human it's the it's the i would call it philosophical use of kind of mentor text like you're sort of following in the steps of individuals that have um done great things protested pushed boundaries push issues represented goodness wholeness um i like that there's uh i like that there's 
religious expectations. I like that the Catholic um, Catholic education system or the education system, what'd you say? Would you say the education system that is Catholic or the Catholic education system? Do we do, I guess we have to use the, the common tongue is like, you know, Catholic board, public board, right? Okay, I yes. guess we can't, we're not going to rewrite the binary now. Well, you but, do whatever you want with it. All right. I'm just going to leave you alone. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. So it's, um, what I dig, what I dig about when the conversations around the season pop up, and I'm thinking every, it's season one, two, three, four, and now five, there's been discussion around what does the, how does your spiritual practice intersect with the classroom? And um, how does it, uh, help support you as far as seeing yourself in the classroom? How does it help the students connect with each other, see themselves in the classrooms? Um, and I dig it. I dig it. Um, I wonder, I was one of the things I was wondering uh, with this season upon us is what it looks like from, you know, how you're navigating the system now in a very different place. So without the class. And uh, I guess where I, I put the, I put the um, I put in the same category, I guess. For now, uh, here's my here's my mistake making approach to looking at um, Catholicism within your 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 current workload, like your current job that you're doing. Um, I would put it in the same category as how are you supporting equity initiatives? How are you supporting numeracy? How are you supporting literacy? Um, how are you supporting Catholicism as well in the work that you're doing? Because there's a, there's a, uh, a, I think a really easy or oversimplified belief that it'll happen because you're there and you're a Catholic, right? There's got to be more intention around it. You won't accidentally support these things just by, you know, you being your awesome self, right? Sitting beside a kid and saying nothing but claiming that that's you're, you're doing your job. Well, we, you know, we know we've had discussions. It's far more fine grain than that. Um, yeah. So that's, you, you had me, you had me thinking about that on your behalf. Just how is that, um, how that's going and um, the complexity of it again, because every season so far, we were talking about how you were preparing, like you said, the video, how you were preparing yourself how you were helping the students to prepare themselves and how they were interacting with each other as we move into this uh, deeply contemplative season within the um, within Catholicism. I'm curious. Don't make me laugh. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. I'm laughing like a weirdo. Um, so like, you know, my job, it's funny that you would mention my faith, um, and you mentioned equity and you'd mentioned literacy and numeracy because I'm actually, I've got this blog post floating around in my head. It's for my leadership blog. I've got a blog post flying through in my brain. Um, the thinking process around how how as a, a Catholic educator who's interested in leadership, 
how am I serving my students and serving the mission of my portfolio, I guess, and still considering how I, how I continue to grow as a leader. And, um, I tell you, it's, it's awesome that you bring up those things because I can answer those questions. You're welcome. One of the, thank you. One of the, um, and the, the reason why I'm, it's one of those things where it's like somebody asks you a question and you already know the answer because you've been thinking about it. You've been working. And not even, maybe not even realizing or hoping someone would ask that question. Those are the, oh, good, those, yeah. those, those are the good moments where you're like, it's not just a, wow, that's a good question. It speaks to something deeper and you're like, I've been craving to answer this question for some time. Yeah. Yeah. But like I ask these questions of myself each day as I'm driving around from place to place, because I, I want to continue to make sure that I'm grounded in something, right? Mm -hmm. Not only my values, but the values of the system that I represent and the true work that I'm supposed to be doing. So when you talk about the faith component, you know, right away, I think of social justice and what mm -hmm. that means in my faith. It's like, you know, standing up for the little person, advocating for people that don't have as much or don't have it all, and then finding a way to finding a way to bring them to a place of abundance where they can grow the way that they can when they have the things that they need to grow. So what does that look like in my work? Well, it looks like actually spending time with those people rather than just talk about those people. I actually spend time with them, right? So I visit with people and I, I sit with kids who, may have mental health concerns or come from a household with low income or have special education needs, learning issues, um, social issues. They don't seem to fit, right? And in, in my faith, everybody fits. There's a place for everybody. And if that truly is the case, then it's my job to help put the puzzle pieces together and to speak from the system, but also to the system about what's going on, what these people need. And here's the beautiful part of this is that I can reflect on as we talk is like every conversation I have with a vice principal or a principal or a guidance counselor or my team is bringing me closer to helping people that want the help. It's like sometimes I forget who I'm serving. And then I'm reminded quickly by something somebody else says. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're talking like you're the system here. And the system mm -hmm. doesn't tend to see people. They see processes. They don't see people. So let me put this person in front of you again. Let me tell you what this person's telling me and what I'm seeing from this person. And what can we do to bring that person up, to build them up instead of the system breaking them down? So I know maybe it wasn't a clear answer to you, but my faith is about like walking the earth like Jesus did. And the stories talk of him being with undesirable people and find, and the reason why they're undesirable is because they didn't meet the standard that was set for everybody else. They didn't have what you, if you, if you put them on an equal playing field, chances are they're going to rise to the occasion. But when they are behind the eight ball and there's all kinds of pieces missing, it's hard for people to regroup and to break bad habits and routines. So I would say my faith component leads me to walk like Jesus and talk like Jesus, knowing that I'm not Jesus, 
Um, and then how do I serve the needy? How do I advocate for them? Because that is part of what I've been taught to do. I, that's this is what I taught. This is what they told us Jesus did. So there's that component. Um, literacy and numeracy, dude. Every day I bump up against literacy and numeracy, and it's all about where is this student at in those realms? Can this student even read? Does this student realize that being literate is more than reading and writing? And that they may be in certain other areas that nobody's ever, give, ever given them credit for, right? And then numeracy, oh my goodness, it's everywhere. And that's what I try to do with some of my students who are distraught when it comes to mathematics. If they're, if they're open and it's appropriate, I share my journey with mathematics, mm -hmm. which has not been a good one. And then I try to find the math around us and make it clear that it's more than just what you're doing with your teacher in the classroom. It literally is everywhere. And if you have, if you can find an appreciation for it that way, then maybe you can learn to live with the stuff that you're doing in the classroom with it. And hey, I, you know, <clears throat> when I say that, I really mean it because last year as my wife and I struggled with my son's grade nine mathematics and the whole pandemic, like you learn in school online by yourself and then you've got the, the evening to do your work because you didn't understand it in class. So your parents are going to work with you. This was a, this was trying on a number of different levels. One of which is I don't particularly like mathematics. It's like not a favorite subject of mine. Mm -hmm. And then I had to deal with my issues from it and then deal with his issues with it. And it's like, it was a gong show. But, but in those moments of surrender where I just throw my hands up and I'm like, okay, so I guess my evening now has become mathematics. Um, that surrender allowed me to see some of the beauty in it. Like, there's nothing better than when I was working with my son and he'd say to me, oh, I understand how to do this. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I talked to the teacher and, and he said this, this, and this, and then I'd watch my son run away with it. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this is, I'm, this is awesome. I'm not supporting him anymore. He's supporting me. Right. And, uh, I found those moments and even now it's hilarious. Something will come up in daily life. And my son will make the connection to the math class he did last year. I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is, this is positive. This is, um, this is promising as well. That mm -hmm. it wasn't just a course in time, but that you, you can make connections. This is, this is what they always say math is about, right? But it's getting past the, the sitting down and doing all this stuff that sucks and that is part of the curriculum that you have to get it done. You have to learn it. You have to understand it. So literacy and numeracy is like, um, like I, I could give you concrete examples if, you know, I thought about some of my students and how they're operating, but generally that is an ongoing theme. Generally they are, the, my students are ones that, you know, have needs around reading, writing, numeracy. So that's, that's challenging to try to tell them just hold my hand and let's walk down this path stop being scared there's somebody beside you i mean be scared if you want but like take a risk here someone's gonna walk with you i have found i know this tangent but 
I'm now seeing that some of these kids, all they needed at this moment was someone like me to just walk beside them. That's all they needed. Um, that the system can't provide that. It's like the question that we we're talking about. It's the question you didn't even know you wanted someone to ask you, but they do. And you're like, like, you know what I mean? Like it, it creates just like these synaptic open spaces where you're receptive to whatever that person, the goodness that they're going to offer you, the support that they're going to offer you. I think as, as the teachers though, finding some of the bravery first to get to know the kids second to actually ask those types of questions. And I don't have a, a, a sort of like a, a, a framework to get there, but we know that it's not an interview question. I think we know that it's not an interview question. It's 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 sometimes is a question that doesn't have a comfortable answer to it, right? So you, when you actually get the 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 head nod or just the slight now you've you've captured my attention, teacher kind of look from them, um, and you've got that invitation into their space where they're willing to accept the. Like you noticing that a kid is cool with you walking beside them figuratively or literally and supporting their whole self. When you notice that, um, the more important part is, you know, at what point and how deeply does the kid notice it? That they're actually, they've been changed. You've been changed by engaging with each other in this way. Um, and it starts to get into, you know, slightly philosophical, but to just ground it in something human, I, 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 I do believe it's palpable. It's noticeable when you go from kind of like the friendly to sort of friends in the room. And it's not because you're asking, it's not because you're in information seeking. It's because you've, you've asked a question that, off you've asked the question and provided an opportunity for the kid to answer a question that question that they've been asking themselves for a while it's alignment it's a beautiful bit of alignment so i like this conversation i got a call for a student who is kind of disengaged from school so I started communicating with the student. I could tell from the beginning, the initial communications, the student was not interested in communicating with me. So hmm. I left, I left it at like, kind of like, okay, uh, I'll check in with you next week kind of thing. So then there's a couple of check-ins. Then all of a sudden I'm, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting communication saying, Hey, I'm at school. If you want to meet with me today, I'm at school. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, awesome. And it was funny too, because Sorry, there was distance between, like there was no, it was kind of like dead zone. And then all of a sudden this just popped up in your feed. Like it was, it was, um, Hey Roland, here's a student. We'd really like you to connect with this student and see what, what's going on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so I communicate with the student and say, Hey, uh, I'm Roland. I'm a re-engagement teacher. This is my job. And your name came up. I'm checking in. How are you doing? What's going on with school? And uh, no response. Okay. So then uh, I go back with, okay, I, I, you're probably busy. So I'll just uh, check in with you in a, in a, a little bit or whatever. Nothing. 
then there's a check-in again. It's like, hey, it's me, Roland, again, re-engagement teacher at so-and-so school. Happy to meet with you to talk about your academics, your career pathway. Like, let's talk, you know, let's see what, uh, let's see what we can get you excited for school. Nothing. Then um, I think it was a third check-in. I'm like, hey, it's Roland again, re-engagement teacher from such and such school. I'd love to talk to you about your school. I'd love to see like, what's, how come you don't go to school? Like just, I, I'm, why aren't you going to school? I know it's a loaded question. It's a big question, but it's like, I'm running out of, hey, it's Roland re-engagement. Yeah. <laughs> copy, paste, copy, paste. How, yeah. how else can you do the salutation so it'll be noticed, right? So then uh, get a response. I'll be at school tomorrow. If you want to meet, we can talk tomorrow. I'm like, oh, awesome. Go to school the next day. Guidance counselor, hey, can you check and see if so-and-so's in class? They call, so-and-so's not in class. So I'm like, hey, it's Roland, <laughs> re-engagement teacher. Um, I'm at the school. Um, guidance says you're not in today. That's too bad. I was really looking forward to having a chat. Maybe the next time you're in school, we can connect. Get a message saying, I will be at school tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow I'll get guidance to call you down. We can talk about school. Um, go to guidance. Hey, can you call them down? Oh, they're not here today. I'm like, no, they're here. Okay, I'll, I'll double check. They're, they didn't come to first period. They're in second period. Student comes down. I'm like, whoa, it's so nice to meet you. You know, I was starting to wonder if you really existed. They laugh. It's kind of funny, right? And then uh, we start talking. I'm like, what's what's up? And the student just says, like, I'd rather be working. Like, they just tell me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, awesome. Then they then they made the mistake of telling me what it is that they'd like to do with their future. I'm like, really? That's what you want to do with your future? Yeah. Then why are you taking such and such course right now? It doesn't mm. fit the pathway. <laughs> They're like, well, that's just what's on my schedule. And I look at them. I'm like, okay. Like, and I, I do the, hey, I'm not your guidance counselor. I totally could be wrong, but what you're telling me, it's not it's not going to lead you to the, down the road that you want to go. And it sounds like it's hindering you right now. Yeah, like you don't want to go to that class. It's a bummer. It's a drag. But you're you. This is one thing that's keeping you from coming to school. Students like, yeah, for sure. I said, do you want to talk to your guidance counselor? Sure. Do you know who your guidance counselor is? No. Oh well, I do. Let's go down the hall and see if she's available. I knock on the guidance counselor's door and I'm like, there's this girl that's out there and she's like, she's she's here. She's talking about school. Like, can you spare a minute? Like, I know you're busy, but and I'm not I'm not famous for doing this. I'm a but more, now's the but now's the moment. Now's the moment. So now's like, the moment. And, yep. I, and I leaned on that. I said to the guidance counselor, Good. "You know, you know, I don't rock this way. I don't just walk into people's offices and say, let 'Let's do this.' But I'm worried that if we don't do this now, this kid's gone. Yep. So at the very now's least, the we can say, so that you know, she's like, yeah, yeah, bring the kid in. She's like, will you sit in? I'm like, if you want me to. She's like, yeah, yeah, I do. So I'm like, okay, great. Kid sits down. Introductions are made. We start talking. Next thing you know, the guidance counselor is like, okay, we have a plan. I need to pass it by the vice principal who made the referral. So I'm in my brain, I'm like, oh, yeah, this will be approved because it's the VP who made the referral who's like, Roland, you got to help this kid. The VP is not going to say no to this plan. So I'm looking at the guidance counselor like, 
keep going down this road because she's by the kids loving every minute of it. Yep. Guidance counselor says, okay, I'm going to take this to the VP today. I need you to come to school tomorrow to meet with me. So, because if this, if we're going to do this, it has to happen now. The kid's like, okay. And I look at the kid, I'm like, no, this is for real. Like, are you going to, you have to come tomorrow. Like if you, cause she works at night. I'm like, mm. I said to her, like, I'm telling you right now, I don't care how tired you are tomorrow. You got to get in here. And Close this need, deal. Close this if, deal. Yeah. If you need me and the guidance counselor to talk to your teachers and tell them to just back off for a day. Like that's, I'm look. I'm doing this. I'm like, this is what I'm here for. This is supposed to be my job. And she's like, I'll be here. I'll be here. We're like, okay. I wasn't at the school the next day, but I emailed the guidance counselor. I'm like, did she show up? She's like, yeah, she showed up and we're moving in a new direction now. Cool. And I'm like, I actually feel like I did my job. You know, like now who knows how it turns out, right? We don't know, but we don't. Very and, to and to leverage it and, you know, everything that comes after, like how you account. I'm always, I'm always, I love hearing, <clears throat> I love hearing about these moments. Love it. Um, it speaks to my soul as an educator, my, um, my yearning to sort of have human moments in education, very, very human, no matter how messy. Um, I love how it's represents your consistency. It reminds me that I had a, a year where I was saying to students, I'm elemental. They're like, what does that mean? I said, I'm like the ocean dude. Like I will be here. I will be here today. I will be here tomorrow. I will be here a week from now. I'll be here a year from now. I'm elemental. I'm going to keep doing this job and, and sort of trying to provide the resources, you know, for students that want them. And I'm just, I'm there. I'm, I'm like the ocean. And the kids are like, oh, like it's too much. But I felt like there was, there aren't a lot of, there aren't, I didn't have the words to try and really articulate how, how I, how can, how the constancy and consistency that I felt like I could provide. And um, I love it. I love how this moment where you're spending, spending the time seeing your seeing your work in alignment with the kids wellness in alignment with what you perceive to be your identity like this is a sweet spot this is a sweet spot i um and again my ellen and and, and a little political brain goes you know now what or the so what i always like to hear about the the moment just after that what do you do with that data and that can be telling, that can be telling, right? Because if like this moment very much for me is open-ended, right? And success is fragile. It feels good, but it's fragile. Um, and depending on the next step of resources, it could be fleeting for this in this particular case, right? So we take it one step at a time, reinforce, 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 or I, scaffolding is fine sometimes scaffolding to me is far too external sometimes you actually have to do you know infrastructure reinforcement things on the inside to sort of you know keep this plan going in the right direction you know and that the right direction is the direction that the kid wants it to go in right mm -hmm. in this case mm -hmm. um but i'm always fascinated i get fascinated about how um i have heard times where um you know uh, something like this a situation like this uh, a child like this working through these challenges and the system definitely doesn't know what to do with that data point next. And the system's going to push a whole lot of 
Um, well, it's going to system. It's a system. It's a system, even though humans are entering the data most times. But what does, the, how does this particular moment look to someone who's not like you or me or the guidance counselor? Because that's where the sort of like, that's where the outside starts to creep in, right? The perspective of the outside, potentially the judgment, the measuring, the efficacy, the, are we moving towards graduation? Or for me, I would say, yes, we're moving towards. <laughs> They're like, what does that mean? We're moving towards. Before, we were like towards, but we weren't moving. Like we had, we were looking, but now we're moving towards. We're moving towards, which is a positive next step. Because momentum is way better than inertia. It is. Like a locomotion is so much better than just making a bunch of plans where you see no growth or movement. I'm happy for you had this experience, dude. This is cool. Hey, man, I'm happy for the kid. Like, yeah, this is like the kid was actually like, you mean I can drop this class and go into this one? And it was like the kid told us what the kid wanted to do. Like it was a it was exactly the way that the job is supposed to be, according to the way it's been defined, a collaborative process on paper. Well, yeah. So on paper, it matched in real life what's going on. But it was like, just like, okay, you know, you didn't engage, you didn't engage, you didn't engage. Finally, you engage. I even said to the kid, why, why did you respond to me? What made you want to respond to me? Mm -hmm. And the kid was like, well, you know, you're not a teacher at this school. Like, mm -hmm. kind of like you don't have... I, why would you even want to talk to me? You're not even invested in what I do here. It was really interesting. The kid was like, well, you don't even work here, but yet you're here to try to kind of help. And I'm like, I'm here to listen to your story and see what I can do to, to lead you down a better path. Because not going to schools, we know what the results of that are going to be. Coming to school, your door's wide open. You don't know what you're going to end up doing with your life, but you, you got to go through down this path first. Or at least that's my message to you as we sit here talking um and just to see like the kid made the the fact that the kid came back the next day to see the counselor that's that, that's a small win in my world because there's lots of kids that say okay i'll talk to you tomorrow and then you don't ever hear from them again it's like i just have gotten used to that i've gotten used to that so which is unfortunate in a way but it doesn't stop me i still keep doing it i'm like okay you know i've had kids tell me like 10 times in a row, I'll be at school tomorrow. Then they're not. Mm -hmm. And I end up at their front door and I'm like, what's going on? Like, why, I, why do you keep agreeing to go to school if you don't want to go to school? Like, there's obviously something deeper here. I'm like, and it's the best when I go teacher mode. And I'm like, I'm not, am I yelling at you? They're like, no. Am I getting in your face? No. Then why do you keep lying to me? Yeah. And, then like, <laughs> and then I'm like, is it a lie? Or do you actually believe when you tell me today you're going tomorrow, you are? And then it's like, you know what? I do want to go, but there, then there are some things that get in the way. And then they tell me, and I'm like, right on. And then I get in the car and I call my social worker. And I'm like, tag, we need you now because we have academics laid out. We know what the plan is when this kid finally goes to school because the guidance counselor and myself and the student success teacher and whoever else is involved have all put together something that's appropriate for this student that they've agreed to at the moment. So until they move back into the school or start doing work, I don't like, it's not my, it's not my territory now. It's yours. Mm -hmm. Mental health is in the way. Bad habits are in the way. These are all, 
your things, not mine. So, dude, I love it. You get used to it, or at least I do. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I love existing in the space of this statement. Come on, how far are you? How far do we go to help this kid? And depending on the emphasis that you put on that statement, it can either be a declaration of, I'm not going to budge. I'm not going to do anything more. I don't think we should do any more. I don't think this kid deserves any more. I think there's resources that have been wasted here. I think that we're spinning our wheels. There's a whole dark side to it. I love the other side because for me, it's such a open-ended, um, opportunistic, connected, bridged, networked, differentiated possible multiverse of options when to sort of just say, you know, um, come on, like as I actually probably come on, how far can we go to help this kid? And there are, there are spacers. I mean, on the on-ramp, we're talking about the flappers, the power holders, the sort of like the decision makers, the gatekeepers that I love interacting with just to see if I can ask that question as in, can I move even farther trying to help this kid? Because we're asking these abstract questions about student success and student support that often we believe we shouldn't, we shouldn't ask more questions. We shouldn't sort of push harder. We shouldn't try and use resources from this department to help over in this department. Like there's these, <coughs> these checks and balances that, Yes, the system want us want us to follow. I tend to use it as as guiding or guide points, and I do recognize there is legitimate leadership within a school board. But I also like trying to find those spaces where I can speak to that legitimate leadership, so that I can actually ask that question: Hey, can I use this co op tool over here in Sal? Hey, can I use this extra tech that you have, you know, sitting in that closet? Can I use it for this lesson that I have two days from now? So I think that how far can we go for some people? Um, I find it as a safe space to take risk in that space. And it's also recognizing my privilege to exist in that space. So again, me coming into a space as, um, you know, as a, as a white male, as a, you know, cisgendered, me coming in with things that the, the system already allows me to sort of move past certain gates and to interact with certain people. And if I'm, if, as long as I'm still, you know, pushing in that space and kind of holding the conversation open in the case that someone else wants to kind of come up with me through it, then I'm doing the right thing. But I always found like, I always found like somebody was telling me, Oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't ask that of that person. Or I'll start to talk about a thing. Here's another thing that happens sometimes. I'll start to talk about a thing, an idea that I have. And maybe this is because they get me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not going to. <laughs> That's what they'll say to me. They'll say, I'll be talking about an idea of following up or asking a question or, or you know, kind of arriving or just showing up in a space and, and, and asking directly. Um, I have people in my world that will actually say when they listen to me talk about these things where I want to you know, push some challenges in, into the, the school or the school board, they actually try and pull me off it before I do it. But don't, don't do it. Like, don't, don't go that direction. Believe me, I understand that, that there's, uh, I need relationships first. 
and I understand that it's in the presentation and packaging of ideas, no matter how hard you press into them, that can actually go a long way to being heard, even if I am privileged, right? Because part of it is often if I'm presenting an idea or something I want to do, I'm talking to the people that I want not only to hear out my idea, but I also want their help eventually. So the last thing I want is for me to walk out the door and they're like, okay, click next conversation. I need to be able to return to that relationship at some point. So, um, you know, kind of rolling in as, as a, you know, a privileged a-hole, even if I am somehow aligning or allying with someone I'm forgotten. It's like next. So I get that, but I love moving into the space of asking these questions and asking them of people that other people might say, Oh, you should, you shouldn't, you, you shouldn't talk to them. Like, don't go, don't go ask that person, go ask this person instead. You know what I love in that moment is when somebody redirects me not to talk to the person that's, let's say, higher up in leadership. They tell me to talk to someone laterally because sometimes I didn't even know I could talk to that person laterally. So that's good for me sometimes too because I'll aim as high as I can to have conversations. But sometimes I didn't realize like, oh, don't don't talk to Roland's uh, supervisor. Talk to Roland. He actually has the resources to do that. And sometimes I'm like, oh, geez, didn't even consider that. Didn't even consider that. I was going to sort of go as far as I could. So... What did you draw for us today, Chris? Okay. Oh, it's a puppet with strings attached. Cool, man. Oh, there's one string that's not attached. It's the head. It's broken. I wonder what that means. You know that um, there's a there's a. a, a there's a, it's a, it's a, I guess a philosophical stance, but it's also a uh, physical, physiological reality of skateboarding and, and it could be in other things as well, but I know it from skateboarding and snowboarding that the body goes where the head looks, right? So, and it's a very important factor uh, in snowboarding and skateboarding that, you know, you, they say lean into your turns or look into your turn, um, especially important on your heel side, because you can't actually see behind you, right? Like when you snowboard or skateboard, you're traveling in this direction, but your head naturally sits in this direction. So you actually have to make an effort to not only look straight along the nose of your board, but also to check your check your six, right? So I think that's what I was thinking about with the marionette. I was freeing up the head. The head actually can kind of turn to look where it needs to, right? Um, but are we? You are, dude. You're looking in the right direction right now. The body will follow. Thanks. I don't know if that's true or not, but... You get it from skateboarding, though, right? Like, you remember oh, back... Yeah. As soon as you said skateboarding, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I rem yeah. Dude, look into your turns. I used look to do some turns. fun stuff because of the yeah. way where I was looking, right? That's look, then lean. Don't do it in the other direction. You, If you lean, then look, oh, you're on your ass or your face, right? Don't want that. Don't want that. I don't want ass and face on floor. Well, this have was. A, have a good day. Five, season five, episode nine. You have a good day as well. Thanks, man. We'll talk again soon. Peace.